0: Hey guys, and welcome to the Traveler's Blueprint Podcast. I'm Bob Domena, and here with me as always is the gallant Elliot Shibley. Elliot, why don't you give people an idea of what we have going on in the background today?
1: As we have mentioned in the past few shows, our social media sites, our website, and our Patreon page are up and running. The Patreon page is still being worked on and tweaked uh, every little few days, but you can reach out to us uh, at the Traveler's Blueprint at gmail.com if you want to ask for a specific travel topic or if you just want to reach out to us for a conversation Um, and as always it is very appreciated if you can rate us on iTunes it does help us to understand what we're doing well what we're doing poorly and to improve the show for us and for all of our listeners
0: so our guest today is a world traveler and content creator He's now creating video content for his media company called Capture Unlimited. When he's not doing that, he's also found a great way to accrue airline miles and credit card points and and credit cards themselves. He's been to places all over the world. And this all sort of got started when he picked up a GoPro back in 2013 and he realized that he had such a strong passion for filmmaking and traveling. Very interesting guy. Great conversation today. So without further ado, please give a warm welcome to Ian Agrimis.
1: Welcome to the Traveler's Blueprint. Start designing your next adventure.
0: All right, so Ian, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for for coming on
2: today. Thank you guys for having me. Yeah, it's awesome to, to talk to you.
0: Yeah, so I came across your Instagram page. That's sort of how it all started and I would I would definitely recommend anybody to go and check it out. It's it's pretty awesome and there's a few pictures that stuck out to me. At first, are these all your own own pictures?
2: Um they're if I didn't take them, I was there like of me um got gotcha. shot shot by a couple friends who I tend to to shoot with, but most of it is is by me it's all edited by me um okay and i'm not going to begin to claim that editing a photo makes you the creative genius behind it but there certainly is a, a an art to matching a style so
0: yeah they're they're incredible and it seems like you've been to some pretty awesome places do you want to get into sort of your travels where you've been and and what you're doing out there
2: sure Um, yeah, I, I'm super grateful to have been to a lot of places. Um, I'm, I'm only 25, so, um, I, let's see, I've been to, I've been to every continent other than Antarctica and South America. Um, so I, I'm hoping to, to actually change both of those things within the next year, but not exactly clear on how Antarctica will transpire. Well, That's a tough uh, one. Yeah. If you yeah. do,
1: if you do go to Antarctica, please, please let me know. Because one of my goals since I was like 23, I'm in the same situation. I've hit five continents, but I have, uh, no, four. I have South America, which we're hitting in April. We're going to Peru. But I haven't done Australia or Antarctica.
2: Nice. Uh, and I don't yeah. know how the
1: Antarctica is going to work.
2: <laughs> yeah um well we're in the same boat then <laughs> and I we think might that's literally be
1: in the same boat yeah i yeah. know hopefully yeah
2: yeah you just kind of pair it with southern
0: argentina from what i understand and then just take that boat over maybe do it for a day and then go back yeah i, I and from what i've heard i think it's incredibly expensive to do that
2: yeah. yeah although it's getting a lot better even than it was two or three years ago yeah
0: um, well yeah, if you're in south america we will be in peru in um
2: in april Nice. I'm assuming you're going yeah. to Machu Picchu. Of course.
0: Yeah, yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah, and, that's pretty uh, much that, the Rainbow Mountain.
0: <laughs> yeah. So I need to I need to look into where that is. I don't know if we're gonna make it out to the Rainbow Mountain. I, is that in the Sacred Valley? Do you know?
2: To be honest, I don't know. But uh, for okay. some reason, it just I haven't been able to go a day without it being in my Instagram feed for the last couple months.
0: <laughs> yeah, agreed. I agreed. I've seen it so many times, and it's always from the same view. Which makes yeah. me think that that's the only spot to take a picture of it. I don't know. It's that yeah. same angle in every picture.
2: Yeah, I think it might be one of those Instagram versus reality things where you turn around and there are two dozen people sitting there all taking the same photo. But absolutely, yeah. <laughs> um, I I, I kind of skirted the question, I guess. Um, sp- specifically, uh, I'm I can't remember exactly what the number is, but, um. Yeah, I, I've been to maybe two dozen countries, and um, it's yeah, it, it's it's pretty much all either work or personal travel funded by my, miles and points, which is a huge hobby of mine. Um, both accruing and spending uh, frequent flyer miles and credit card points.
1: Yeah, I'm really curious about that because. So I mm-hmm. guess because you travel a lot through work, do you book your own
2: flights and your work reimburses you? Um, most of the time, uh, well, yeah, I'll book the flight and then, you know, it's like included in the the budget for the production um, for to be paid back. Um, I don't usually book work travel with miles and points. Um, that would have to be some sort of a special circumstance, but... Okay.
1: Um, I
2: have, I have in the past.
1: (laughs) Okay. Yeah, I know, uh, Bob and I each travel. Bob definitely travels a lot more through work than I do. Um, but in the past, our company used to let us use our own credit cards to purchase like flights, hotel rooms, Mm -hmm. and then they would just reimburse us or we would get as reimbursable expense through our client. Um, but that's actually kind of shifting. Our company is now moving towards doing everything through our administrative staff. So it's, we're missing not out me. on all those points. You're not still. No, <laughs> You're and I refuse.
0: I have an American Airlines credit card that I use religiously. I've, I've accrued. I did ended up accruing 250,000 points. Um, nice. Yeah, I used about 100,000 of, 100, of them to go to Hawaii with my, with my wife a few months ago. That's awesome. uh, I mean uh, paying like yeah it was like $22 uh, for the round trip flight and yeah which was incredible because at the end of the day I didn't put out anything to accrue those miles it was all
2: through work yeah if, if when you can get into a situation like that you really feel like you're kind of striking the lottery when you get away it's, with paying for paying $22 for a trip like that
0: that's how yeah. That's how my wife and I look at it. Sort of as an added benefit, you know, you have your medical benefits, your your health care, and then for my for my position, I have airline miles, which then translate into free vacations, and yeah. so yeah, we can't beat it.
2: Yeah, hundred percent. It's great.
1: Yeah. So then, so you you don't use your own personal stuff to gain mileage. So I'm curious, as again, like when you're looking for credit cards. Um, do you look at ones that have like lower amounts you have to pay until you get like 10,000
2: miles? Um, Yeah, so the sign-up bonus is like the art of uh, the credit card game, right? Because you're always looking for a new card with a great bonus that can help you kind of quickly increase your balance um, of points. So typically you have to spend between – it, it tends to be three to $4,000 and it's always in, in the first 90 days. Okay. Um, I, the nice thing or not so nice, uh, depending on your role, uh, the thing about media production is typically quite expensive. So when I do have a large shoot coming up, or if I need to pick up some additional gear, um, it's relatively easy to knock out that amount. Um, so I don't typically worry too much about uh, the amount that's required to earn the bonus, um, because for better or for worse, I don't seem to have much trouble hitting it. And again, <laughs> it, it mostly because you know a lot of times for production expenses, I can get paid back. Yeah. So it's not it's not even money that comes out of my own pocket, which is nice. Oh, that is nice.
1: All right. So then as soon as you as soon as you get the bonus miles as soon as you do the sign up, do you usually close out the account after a few months
2: or do you keep the card? Um, I almost I have only closed a couple of cards um, and I have I think 14 now. so I don't um, I don't re- recommend closing them because once you open a line of credit um, you initially, of course your average age of credit card accounts is lower because it takes into account your new accounts. Um, Of course, if you have a card with a annual fee that you can't justify having, if it's costing you a hundred bucks a year and you're not able to get any value out of it, you can't find a reason to spend money on it, there's no additional benefits other than what you earn for spending. um, Of course, then you should consider it. But in kind of a perverse way, the more cards that you have, the more um, opportunities you're getting every month to demonstrate that you're responsible uh, with, with credit, if you're paying off your balance in full, which you should be, and if you're not in a position to do that, you should never have a credit card. Um, <laughs> Agreed. So I, I should really like, so I can sleep well at night, I should really preach that <laughs> again. Like, unless you are paying off your balance in full every single month, without fail credit cards are not for you and especially travel rewards credit cards, which have really high interest rates are definitely not for you. Yeah. Um, I know uh, a lot, a lot of people miss payments every once in a while. And of course that happens to the best of us, but, um, the, the value of the points goes out the window when you're paying interest on whatever you, uh, Oh, so I almost, never close them because the longer I leave them open the more opportunities I get essentially each month to demonstrate that I'm responsible with credit because even if I spend zero dollars on a card at the end of the month my balance is zero and that technically counts as like a account paid in full so if you have ten cards and you let's say you only spend money on one of them in a month and all the other ones are balanced zero then at the end of the month you just demonstrated that you're responsible with credit 10 times more than someone with one credit card and so it actually in a perverse way can boost your credit score quite a bit
1: really yeah i yeah. had no idea and it doesn't it doesn't hurt your credit score to open so many cards
2: um it it does um each time you open a card you usually will drop somewhere between 5 and 10 points and so you do It takes time um, to build up to uh, a a point where you're managing a lot of different cards such that it's such that one or two applications here and there aren't dramatically impacting your score. Um, I think this, I think it goes up to 850 um, is the highest credit score you can have. And once you're above 700, at least in my personal experience, I haven't, had any trouble being approved for cards on the basis of a low credit score. Yeah. I have had have had situations where banks say, uh, well, you have 12 credit cards, we don't see why you need another. And that's a whole other ball game. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I've never had someone refuse me on the basis of low credit. Um, so I, I think in the beginning, you can't just apply for 10 cards because assuming you don't have one or or even two you haven't really had the opportunity to build that credit too much um, assuming you don't have like student loans or car loans house loans too because those are obviously ways to um, also build credit and diversify um, your uh, lending uh, history which is good actually so it's um, it's not uh, it's not as bad as people think
1: Yeah. Yeah. so does it does it offset uh like how often would you open a new card and then how quickly does it actually increase your credit score after you opened it to kind of recover and rebalance
2: i typically find that within two months i'm back to where i was before if not above okay um that being said how I know when to apply for a new card and how long I wait between applications or how frequently I apply, it's completely on a case-by-case basis. Um, what I will say is because of banks new, a lot of banks, especially Chase, they have new patterns of essentially trying to weed out people who are taking advantage of their um, reward systems. So they they have new Regulations that limit how many new cards you can have. uh, How many new accounts you can have opened within the period of 24 months um, where they won't approve you. So if you have been approved for more than five cards, personal cards, um, within the last 24 months, Chase will not grant you a new line of credit. Um, That being said, there are ways to get around that by getting business cards and... um, like charge cards versus specific, um actually i can never articulate very well the difference between a charge card and a non-charge card but i shouldn't have brought that up <laughs> <laughs> um it, it's it's typically a, a pretty quick rebound and um i mean I, I i tend not to i think if you look at my history it's been maybe one card per four to six months for the last couple of years
1: okay And how did you, how did you get started in it? Like, how did you find that you could use those bonus points, their sign-on bonuses and actually pay them off and then start getting into it after that?
2: Um, Well, I was always loosely aware of airline miles um, because, I mean, as you know, you can't get a credit card until you're 18. But when I, when I was in high school and probably even younger, I was really into aviation and I loved Every opportunity I had to to flying to go to the airport and just basically be in and around the world of aviation, and I would I I earned miles and there were a couple times where I redeemed um, miles for various flights, and I thought, oh, it's pretty cool um, to be able to do that. And maybe ten years ago when I was doing that in high school, not I don't want to give the impression like I did that all the time because it. <laughs> I didn't, but occasionally, you know, a handful of times when I did that, it was always really astounding to me. Like, wow, I basically spent nothing and now I have this opportunity. It's really cool. Um, so I I felt that um, it, was, it was like a really, it was an amazing means to um, travel and see the world. It would open up doors to things that you couldn't see otherwise. And Uh, To places that I think a lot of people consider to be constrained financially, that going to Asia is just not financially feasible for someone. But, well, if you had a certain number of miles, it wouldn't really be a factor. Um, And so when I was in college, I kind of, it just became one of my hobbies. And I would read all these blogs about it. And um, I would use these websites uh, called shopping portals, which are run by airlines and I think some hotels and banks and things like that where you click through the website and basically uses cookies to track you and then it based on how many dollars you spend at either a restaurant or on Amazon or wherever mountain hardware you're buying a jacket whatever and you get three four miles per dollar and so I kind of started to accrue them and um, and then I like well, I remember I made my first redemption and I was like this seems super worthwhile and <laughs> <laughs> um, Even though a lot of people thought thought it was crazy. What was your first redemption? What did you use it on? Uh, Well, to be totally honest with you, the the first credit card that I got was the Chase Freedom. And they gave you, it was like 10,000 points for signing up. And I was in college, so I wasn't, I didn't have a job. And I was like, well, this is sweet. Like that's a hundred bucks. So I literally just like redeemed it as a statement credit. That was the first, <laughs> like that was the fir- like the first uh, credit card, <laughs> technically <laughs> redemption that I made. And at first, I was like, "Oh, it's really cool!" Like I just saved myself hundred bucks, basically, by signing up for this card, which cost me nothing. But then, as I started to dig into it, I realized how big of a mistake that was because, depending on, airfare fluctuates all the time, right? The price yeah. of a ticket. The thing about m- purchasing tickets with miles is. Although there are different levels and tiers of tickets not even different. I'm not talking about different classes Obviously like business first Mm -hmm. economy, whatever they're going to be different, but then they they make it complicated They classify certain tickets as like saver level and then there's like full fare miles So people I think are turned off a little bit by that, but in general The ticket prices do not change so theoretically if you were to fly LA to London in business class, it could be like a $7,000 ticket. But um, theoretically, you could get that same flight for 50 to 55, 60,000 miles on a number of different carriers uh, and different mileage currencies. So, you're getting a ton of value from your points, um, around 10 cents per point. So, Once I made that redemption where I got the hundred bucks back from my chase card (laughs) and was like, Oh, that's sweet. That's one cent per point. But then I realized, Oh my God, I could be getting literally 10 times the value by redeeming those points for travel. So since then I've never redeemed a single point for anything, but flying, but nice.
0: Yeah. I want to go into some of the, so I'm I have your Lisbon, Portugal, trip open and just to give hmm. people an idea of i i don't know you know this is this is incredible to me so you ended up redeeming 25,557 chase unlimited rewards points from the sapphire revert uh reserve card and that 220, got
2: 225 right
0: 200 it says
2: 25,557
0: 25,000 and that um Oh, that sounds low. Sorry. <laughs> one and a half cent. <laughs> so you ended up get using that to book your flights and get your room. So you you use these for your hotel stays as well. Oh, it's, yeah. That's something that I, I haven't really done yet. They seem harder to accrue. Mm. And so,
2: so... Yeah, sorry, go ahead.
0: Well, so would... Right now I I only have my American Airlines card. Now do you recommend getting a card that you can accrue points or miles on and then you're able to distribute them to any airline rather than getting airline specific cards and you know it, well yeah let's just let's just go there first.
2: Sure. So um the answer is yes. Um the way that I think about and I think when I was First starting out, I did not think about miles and points this way. And I think that what distinguishes people who are just have a base level understanding versus people who are pretty proficient with using miles and points is kind of the way that they think about their miles and points. And I definitely think of them as a currency. So it's when you redeem your miles for a flight, it, it does feel like you got it for free. But at the end of the day, you are spending a currency and that being airline miles. So you don't wanna get all of your points in one currency, that being United miles, American miles, Alaska, Delta, whatever it may be, because the unfortunate reality of airline miles is that every couple of years, every airline devalues what their points are worth. So if you have 100,000 miles, Or what's very common, I think, for a lot of people, rightfully so, is, you know, they accrue miles for years um, because, you know, a lot of people don't have the opportunity to travel as much as they'd like to or um, they can't find flights that work for them on the days that they want to travel, whatever the reason may be. Um, So, you know, year one, 100,000 points to get you round trip you know, first class to Europe or something like that. Well, five years later in that same program, let's say you had 200,000 miles or something, it might get you the same thing. But, but or sorry, but for 200,000 miles, it's costing you double. So if you had the opportunity to transfer the miles to a different airline, where you can get the maximum value out of them, you're diversifying your, your currency. And that way you're protecting yourself from airline devaluations and you're also not limiting yourself to the availability of one airlines, um, you know, program. Um, yeah. Do you,
0: do you have a preferred card or if there was one card that is your favorite or recommended for maybe someone starting out, which one would that be?
2: Yeah. So I think, um, I think Chase has done a really nice job of building out a a reward structure that really is valuable once you kind of take the time to play around with it and learn it a bit. So um, I find their ultimate rewards to be super valuable, and without much effort, you can get about $0.02 per point uh, out of any Chase uh, point. So my favorite card... For people who are starting out, would be the Chase Sapphire Preferred, because even though I travel a lot, and it sounds like you guys do too, the majority of my miles and points don't come from butt-in-seat flying. They come from credit card spending, uh, because you know you could fly a lot and not earn fifty thousand miles, but you can get a credit card and earn that, you know, in a couple months. So it's just much quicker. Um, the Sapphire Preferred is nice because, man, they should be paying me to say this. <laughs> the uh, the Sapphire Preferred is nice though, and that was my first. Um, that was my first travel related card. Um, it gives you two points per dollar on tra- on all travel related purchases and dining, which for a lot of people um, our age is pretty much all you spend money on. <laughs> um, experiences and uber hotel flights i mean parking i think even counts as a as a part of travel Um, and then dining is everything from five-star restaurants to starbucks so it 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 covers the whole whole range
0: wow yeah i need to see i don't know if there's a way for me to open that card and then push my american miles onto that card or not I, i think they might be stuck over there
2: well, they, they uh, unfortunately they are stuck over there, but yeah. it's good to diversify. So it's good to have those American miles so that you can use them when one of the transfer partners of Chase isn't providing a good option. Then you have your your bank of American mi- miles that you can use to kind of um, to protect yourself in a way.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Interesting.
2: Yeah. Well, I have a question. So I have never.
1: I will be completely honest. I have never used airline rewards, any kind of miles. All of my, my credit cards are all just like cash back, whatever. Um, but I, I didn't really, my wife and I don't really spend that much. Most of our stuff just goes straight through our checking account. Cause like our mm-hmm. rent, our rent won't let us do a credit card. Utilities won't let us do credit card. And most of my travel was through our work cards. Right. Ah. Um, uh, Yeah, I know, but (laughs) do airline miles like through the Chase Sapphire Preferred, are they specific to an airline like Bob's American Airlines credit card, or can they be applied anywhere?
2: So Chase, they have um, what's called a, a transferable points currency. So you can transfer Chase points to United, you can transfer them to Southwest, you can transfer them to... Air France, um, you can transfer them to Iberia, which is a Spanish airline, um, to JetBlue now. I know I'm forgetting a few to Hyatt, to, to Marriott, and the points all transfer one to one ratio. So a thousand Chase points is a thousand airline miles or hotel points in any of those uh, currencies that I just mentioned. Um, and with that flexibility comes a lot more options and. Um, they also allow you to book travel directly through them where you're using your points to offset the cost of a ticket. So essentially you're, you're buying the ticket with points, um, but it's a cash fare. So if the ticket costs, uh, $500, it would cost you 50,000 miles. Um, okay. Although in the case of the Sapphire Preferred, it would only cost you four hundred or forty thousand because they actually, for travel redemptions, they allow the points, their own points, they value them at one point two five cents each, um, and so that can actually be a really great way to find hotels, um, and and get uh, get some nice reservations at like boutique hotels when you're traveling because some of the hotel programs uh, the points are typically not very valuable they're worth about half that like 0. 0.7 cents each maybe oh, really if you really if at least if you were to look at okay if i'm going to stay in this room for 4 days and pay cash or i'm going to stay in this room for 4 days and pay with points if if you look at what the ratio is it's about it's usually less than a cent of value
1: so if i do you have specific cards you use say if you wanted to plan to go abroad do you have are there cards that help you earn international flights more than domestic flights Um
2: the answer is yes uh I mean it it depends on of course which airline I mean if you're going to um I'm trying to think if I mean, if you, if you know you're going to Europe and you can... Uh, oh, British Airways is another transfer partner of Chase, okay. by the way. So you know that you want to fly British Airways. Um, well, then you can use your Chase card frequently because you know that before you book your trip, you're going to be transferring those points to British Airways to help you book the ticket. Um, it's I would say the breakdown is less about Okay, I'll use this card to earn points for international travel. I'll use this card to earn points for domestic travel. It's more about maximizing each purchase and knowing which card essentially gives you the most value back for each dollar that you spend. Um, certain cards have certain categories where they'll reward you more um, than others. Okay. Like on airfare or on dining or on, um, like office supply stores, for example, Chase has a card where it gives you five points per dollar at office supply stores. Guess what you can buy at office supply stores? Gift cards. That <laughs> for for anything else, for Amazon, for eBay, for Starbucks, for Delta. So essentially, you can get five points per dollar on any of those retailers if you use that card. At an office supply store to buy gift cards. Oh wow!
1: <laughs> that's yeah, that's, a, that's an interesting workaround. Yeah,
2: it's um, it's a little bit mental, but you know,
1: <laughs> yeah, if <laughs> it you're will- works, yeah, if you're willing to do that, it's it definitely does. I can see that. It. It's so what? Like, if you were to buy what what is the cash back for buying stuff off of like Amazon?
2: Um, well. Unless you have an Amazon gift card, I don't believe there are any cards that reward you directly for purchasing something with Amazon. But if you go and buy an Amazon gift card, you earn five points per dollar on the purchase of that gift card. Now, when you check out with the gift card, you don't earn a single yeah. point so the 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 rewards happen when you bought the gift card, so you better not lose it. Yes, <laughs> um, but um you know, that can be a. It's, a, it's super, I mean, how many days has it been since the last thing, last time you bought something on Amazon, oh, right? Yeah, so that's embarrassing. That's yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> so it's just an easy way to really boost the amount of um, rewards that you're earning from dollars you're already spending. And yeah. that's kind of what, what I like to preach to people, which is you don't have to really alter your habits too much other than maybe a few trips to the off- local office supply store. Yeah. But yeah. Um, You don't have to start spending more. You don't have to start spending money at different places. You just have to learn how to maximize the dollars you're already spending. I like that. I'm going to start
1: looking into this. Because we've been. So, my wife is. uh, She goes to a yearly conference through her work, and most of that is paid for by us and then reimbursed. So. That might be something to look at for next year because we it's a different location every year. Like this year it was in New Orleans. Last year it was in Vegas. Next year it's in Colorado. That'll be nice. Sounds like a big
2: opportunity if you ask me. Oh, yeah. That's <laughs> Absolutely.
1: A, yeah, it's a missed opportunity the last two years.
2: Yeah. Well, um, you know, the other the other thing about Airline Miles, which um, I don't know if you've heard of Gary V, Gary Vaynerchuk, but... Yes. Um, yeah so he's he's like he's awesome and i've listened to a lot of stuff and he always talks about like the roi of a basketball is a billion dollars to lebron james but it's literally zero dollars to him and i think that's really an important lesson for a lot of people just in general like it's you shouldn't look at a basketball and be like oh well I, you know like that could make me a lot of money too like, you have to know yourself well <laughs> enough to know whether or not that's possible um airline miles are the same way. Like I know people who literally, they've come up to me, they're like, dude, I have a million airline miles. And like, that's cool. But if you can never spend them, they're literally worth nothing. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like it's not money in the bank. It is it is a totally different kind of currency. And if you don't have the time or interest in using them, it's not worth it to to accrue them. And in which case it is better You you are better off just earning cash back or something that you can actually benefit from. Um, but I think you guys were like-minded that we value travel and um, so for me it was kind of a no-brainer but there are a lot of people I know who I don't know maybe it's out of bragging or what but they love to talk about how many miles that they have in an account and they have never used a single one and so I I kind of recommend I'm like you shouldn't really pursue getting earning more because it doesn't seem like you're getting any value out (laughs) of having them yeah I don't know no, if I'd brag about that,
0: <laughs> right? Yeah, I'm curious as to why anyone would, anyone would want to accrue so many miles and then not use them. That's the only benefit I I really see in having them. Is every time you know I check my little my mile balance, just waiting for it to just climb a little bit here and there. And oh, me
2: too. <laughs>
0: yeah, and it's for that reason to just to just travel around. Yeah. Um, so. So it seems like your passion for accruing miles and learning the the ins and outs of credit cards is what sparked your interest in travel, and then that seems to have translated into creating this media company, Capture Unlimited. Does that sound? Is that the way it went?
2: Yeah, that's um, that's pretty accurate. Um, yeah, I when I was in college, um, I was a psychology major. I never took a film class uh, in my life, but um, I. I got a GoPro um when I when I was like a sophomore, yeah, sophomore in college, and I had followed the company. I thought their videos were amazing and you know, was pretty captivated by everything that they were doing and started following some of the guys from their media team on Instagram and I mean, I was like a total fanboy. <laughs> so, I got really into it and I started, you know, filming the stuff that my buddies and I would do and I mean, nothing crazy like a friend, a friend of mine had a boat and so we would spend a lot of time on that in the summer and we would hike and ski and stuff like that and i mean the footage was terrible but we filmed everything and just loved it and having the memories was awesome and so i was seeing these guys at gopro and their job was literally to go around the world and film really impressive athletes doing their thing whether it be base jumping or you know like um Free diving, or I mean, yeah, so, like a um, mountain biking, whatever it may yeah. be. Um, I I was on, um, I was just like I was so into it, so I was like I want to do that. So I I started making these videos every time I would travel, and again for years they were terrible. Um, but by the time I was graduating from college, they were like <laughs> they were decent, uh, like they were coherent and clearly I had like kind of learned how to get the best out of the GoPro. And so I, uh, I got this email from a recruiter there and was like, Hey, we saw this video that you did. And we were interested in having you apply for this assistant editor internship. And I was like, Oh my God, like, that's amazing. <laughs> and so of course, like I did it and got through the interviews and I got the job and I was so pumped um, because it had been a company that I was just super passionate about. And I think culturally, like I was a really good fit, like even if I think it was no secret that I wasn't really I wasn't going to come in there and be like a revolutionary content creator, like I wasn't going to be pushing the envelope in terms of showing these guys like what's possible. But I think what I brought in terms of like passion um, for travel filmmaking was valuable so i mean of course if i say so myself (laughs) (laughs) um so the internship turned into a job and then um i was just around these guys who had a lot of these crazy experiences and they were like getting to go all these places and for the most part i was still doing just editing but after a little while i started to get to travel and um go on a few of the productions myself and it was really cool i mean It was like it was just a crazy lifestyle, and it was really fun. And I mean, the company pays for everything when you're on the road, and it was it was hard work, long days, shooting crazy um, crazy things. (laughs) But it was super fun. And then November 2016, they laid off the entire media team. What? Yeah. So. Things were like, things were going really well for me. Like I had just kind of had, like I, I got, I was a, I was a, an intern and then I was a contractor, which is like definitely yeah. not the same. They kind of, they did that to everyone where they would just give you this one year contract and kind of, you know, not pay you what it was, what you were worth really and no benefits. And I just gotten rolled over to full time and I was like, this is awesome. Like I'm so pumped on this, super invested in the company. Boom, like laid off. So I was bummed, obviously, but um, I, I love I loved it. So I knew like, okay, whatever I do next, I need to I need to keep traveling and have that be a part of it. And so I um, I couldn't think like, okay, well, where if I went to another company, like what would my job be? Like I couldn't even come up with that. Um, like what role would be good for me? So, and I, I knew some kind of entrepreneurial people and they were like, well, if that's the situation that you're in, you might want to consider like making it yourself. Um, you know, I was really fortunate too, that they paid us like a respectable severance. And so I kind of had this like small business loan in a sense, at least that was the way that I looked at it. And so I was like, okay, well I'm gonna, um, go for it. And I, I had I knew one person who was like, I need this video for an upcoming event and they're like, you could do it. So I was like, wow, it's not even that hard to get jobs. Um, (laughs) Not not to be super wrong, Um, but uh, so yeah, I I, like dove head first and it was definitely one of those situations where I did not know what I did not know and um, I mean, it it was a little rocky (laughs) at first. (laughs) Or like really rocky, like fully beach whale situation, maybe. But uh, it, yeah. So almost two years later, I got laid off in November of 2016. I am um, like have pretty consistent work now, and um, the I don't know if you've heard of the Points Guy. Yeah. Uh, but they're kind of the leaders in this um, in this credit card miles and points. Um, field and so I've been doing some work with them that will uh, be pretty heavy in travel Um, that's kind of all about credit card miles and points and should be a great resource for people to learn more and also see what you can do with all these miles that you have earned because I think a lot of people who earn a ton of miles at the other the other part of the problem is they're like I don't even know what I could get for this yeah
0: Uh, right I think, And I think it's a mix, and there's a lot of people who are just traveling or, like you said, afraid to travel or just think they can't afford it because they just don't know that these options are available. The airlines don't really advertise it as being a way to fund your travel too much. So unless you do the research, and it, it, it requires somewhat extensive research, unless you do that on your own, you're never going to learn about it and you're never going to get – you're never going to accrue miles enough to to actually use them so yeah i think some of these these programs like the one that you were just talking about and do you you, what's the name of it do you mind sharing
2: that the name of the the program yeah with the points guy um i would share it but we haven't fully decided on a name yet that's fine yeah no (laughs) i just
0: i didn't know if you wanted to get it out there now but Yeah. yeah i mean the Point Sky will have a much better way of getting it out to people than we will at this point <laughs> anyway. We're not gonna really help that much. But <laughs> yeah, uh, no, it's all it's all good. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's really interesting stuff. It's stuff that I'm I'm still learning and that I kind of want to perfect because I don't plan on ever stopping traveling. And so I think that this is one of the ways that I'll have to do it. And if you go into your Instagram, it's not like you're I'm sure maybe you know sometimes you have to travel in. In coach but you're getting some incredible deals there's a picture of you <laughs> laying down in a bed with yeah your, man your covers up
2: that's and, as good as it gets <laughs> yeah.
0: so you have the covers up yeah yeah you have i guess you take that with a gopro you have this old guy sleeping next to you with his headphones on how did you now you did this through
2: miles and your, your yeah. miles translated to this bed <laughs> yeah. yeah where was that flight to um that that flight was from istanbul to san francisco oh man yeah. wow um, nice and, and again that was one of those that's a perfect example of um, where miles used to be they they used to get you a little further so i think that flight only cost 50,000 miles which what? if you think about it it's really not that not that much wow yeah. and now i think it's it will cost you 70 of the same same mileage currency so
0: so here's something that I, I, I just experienced recently. I don't know if you have experience with this. So it depi- so I have American miles, like I had mentioned, and we just booked flights to Peru. Now mm-hmm. I was looking into using my miles to just fly from Lima to Cusco. And when I talked to American Airlines, my miles would translate into Latin American. They, they, Latin America accepts American airline miles. However, mm. they wanted a hundred and six thousand miles for uh-huh, a one hour yeah. and twenty one minute flight, and <laughs> and I made, I, 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 she had to say it a few times, and then yeah. obviously I declined. Yeah, um, good,
2: thank God. <laughs>
0: yeah, 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 And so, do you know how that's dictated? I mean, why would it be a hundred and six thousand miles for an hour and twenty one minute flight when I yeah. spent ninety thousand for two tickets? Round trip to Hawaii from Philadelphia to Hawaii.
2: Yeah. So, um, so I full disclosure, I don't know the ins and outs of the American program super well because I actually I don't have an American card, so I, I haven't done too many redemptions with them. But my understanding is, and this kind of goes back a little bit to the point that I made earlier, which is within each class of travel there are different tiers, fixed tiers, but tiers nonetheless. Um, I believe what American is doing now is that they are implementing, they'll, they'll still keep the fixed redemption rates, but they're also adding in and essentially saying, um, okay, let me back up. Um, some flights have seats available for miles that you can book usually because the flight's a little bit undersold or because, um, it's a last minute and a bunch of people who were on the flight, um, you know, left. So there's open seats, something like that. If so, so that's an example of when there would be awards, award seats available. What it sounds like you might've run into is when they have an open seat, they don't have an incentive to give it away for free, i.e. with miles. So they allow you to use your miles towards the cost of the ticket um, and essentially they just mark it up a ton um, if you're going to give you the option to pay with points. Um, so in that case, really what you're doing is paying cash but using your miles to offset the cost of the ticket instead of paying for an award seat. So different fare class. I don't know how familiar you are with this, but every airline has a list of, uh, how they classify. So you can sit on a plane and sit next to someone who paid $500 and you paid a hundred. That's because they bought a different fare class, but you're sitting right next to each other and award tickets are in a fair class of their own. And it sounds like, I think on American, what they have now is they have different kinds of award, uh, ticket fair classes. Well, how complicated was that? I hope like literally no one's going to understand what I just said. But um <laughs> I think I no, need to I, take an airline's course. <laughs> yeah. And that's another that's another thing. I think once you if you really want to commit to air, to the miles and points thing, you do have to have some inherent interest in the airline industry and how that works a bit.
1: Well, I think they purposely make it complicated so that not everyone can do it.
2: At some level, I would imagine that that you know, there's some complexity that's kind of pumped into the system. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, But yeah, they, that, that's not uh, super uncommon, unfortunately, these days, um, using your miles to offset the cost of the ticket. Interesting.
0: And so, and so now you're, you're traveling around the world and do you want to just take us in the life, uh, in, you know, your life in one of these days where you're, you're creating this content for someone who hires you and, and why and, what you're doing out there
2: um yeah well it uh, totally varies uh on a shoot by shoot basis um so i think one thing that and i I mean i'm definitely guilty of this but instagram obviously makes things look like they're way better than they are right so highlight reels (laughs) yeah exactly it's your it is your highlight reel so um when i'm traveling um I mean, I think I have an eye for capturing moments that make, that are appealing to people. Um, But when you're on production, it's really hard work. I mean, it's like usually like a 12 hour day is like a short day. Um, So you're up for sunrise, you're out for sunset, you're going, you know, late into the night, like going through all the footage that you shot that day so that you can have it organized so that you can get up for sunrise to go do it again. Um, And, you know, when you have a shoot that's week long that gets really tough and um, a lot of what I do also is um, private tour uh, video production so this is a tour company based out of San Diego where they they put on these really amazing I mean they're essentially vacations um, either for um, for example I I was at the solar eclipse last summer um, and this guy uh, contacted the private tour company he said, Hey, it's my 60th birthday. It happens to be the day of the eclipse. i want to bring my 10 closest friends and family out to watch it. You know, can you guys like set up a, a week around this event? So, you know, they put together this amazing uh, trip for this guy and um, then they're like, well, Hey, uh, let's have, let's have a video as well. So um, that, I mean, that was a really cool experience and it you're essentially just documenting this a uh, really unique experience for that person. Um, so my day is you know up early, kind of trying to be it's a total balance between um, intruding on someone's personal experience with their family and friends and also still documenting it in a meaningful and um, beautiful way. Um, and then of course, the editing and everything afterwards uh, to give them something that that's valuable. But that, that was, uh, those kinds of shoots are, are really fun because they're so unique, but more commercial type work for brands and stuff like that is, um, typically, you know, you're, you have, everything is very defined and you have a set shot list and, uh, call time and, um, things like that. Hmm. I don't know if that was too vague or not, but, uh, hopefully that gives you some kind of an idea.
1: Yeah, It does. It- So a lot of your work does vary depending on who the client is, it seems. And it seems like you do everything from like private individuals through up to large companies.
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah. When I first started, and this kind of goes back to how I thought it was going to be easy because I had that one client uh, who wanted a video before I even started the company. Um, I thought, okay, well, this guy, it was the same private tour company. I thought, oh, there must be, you know, a lot of abundance in this, uh, a lot of opportunity uh, in this field. So I reached out to probably 25 other tour companies and I said, hey, my name's Ian. I used to work at GoPro. I'm doing videos for private tour companies now. Um, Like, like I can do, I can provide value to you guys. And basically everyone said, nah, not interested. (laughs) Um, And so I was like, okay, I think I'm going to need to diversify a little bit. Uh, not just do private tours. So, um, using my background in GoPro, I, I threw a connection I had there. Um, I shot a behind the scenes video, um, on the set of a TV show called six, which was on the history channel and it just finished its second season. Unfortunately it wasn't renewed for a third, but they were filming this action sequence where these helicopters were supposed to like cruise into this valley and then one of them was supposed to crash and it's kind of amazing because when they finally edited the show or edited the episode together that sequence took man maybe two minutes and I mean we were there for two entire days filming actually I was <laughs> yeah. there for two and the shoot lasted for three um, and in the episode yeah it was about two minutes long <laughs> so um, I think yeah, it, it's really amazing um, how much goes into those really high budget productions. Oh yeah, um, and just how long it takes to uh, really get that stuff right. Um, but it was cool. So I, I had like cameras mounted on the helicopters, and um, it was yeah, it was a really crazy experience. That's awesome.
1: Yeah, I always like, I'm a big film buff, <laughs> and I always love seeing the behind the scenes footage of how stuff is actually created and mm. i i think it's just fascinating because it like there is just so much time involved for like for every minute of film there's maybe two hours of real life work oh yeah at least actually i would probably
2: say like maybe more like ten. days <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah i mean of course it varies but yeah you're, you're absolutely right
0: it looks like you're getting into, into drone um, videoing too, as well.
2: Yeah, it's yeah. You got to uh, definitely got to be doing aerial work um, now to stay competitive in the media production field. Um, traveling with a drone is kind of interesting. Um, some countries won't even like allow you to bring one in. Um, like for example, Morocco, um, unless you have a ton of special permits, you they'll stop. they'll grab your drone at the border. Um, So yeah, it's, it's a really, it's amazing. I mean, the footage you can get now versus what you would have to have used 10 years ago to get the same kinds of shots. Um, Yeah. yeah. It's, it's insane. Um, It's, it's seriously so crazy uh, what you can do with a drone. That's like, like this big. Yeah. Right.
0: Yeah. I, I recently purchased the uh, DJI spark.
2: Um, Yeah. So case in point,
0: yeah, yeah, it's a you tiny know. drone, and I'm still learning the ins and outs of it. I, I'm really not that great with it yet. I still don't even trust myself to fly it around too much. I've only brought it to, I, I hike, especially when I hike out west. Nice. So I've brought it to the summit of a few mountains in Washington and Colorado, and I'm just so worried the wind's just gonna take it away one of these days. Uh, it's I really, know. it's the footage that was incredible. When when I get back to the airport or home, and I'm I'm going through my videos. It's just mind blowing to me. And I'm looking at some of your videos now. I can't tell what that what city that is. You have people hiking. Uh, uh, it's probably
2: hiking? South Africa.
0: Yes, okay, I can see that. Yeah, it looks like South Africa. Yeah. It's in the like intro video to your website. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
2: South Africa. Cape Town. Nice. Yeah, traveling with a drone is funny. Um I have like this massive Pelican case. I don't know if you're familiar with those, but they're like these big hard sided cases that are like waterproof, shockproof, like full of foam. And that's what the drone like rides with me. I hate checking a bag, but every time I bring the drone, I have to do that. I mean, for production, you're gonna have to check a bag or five anyway. (laughs) But um, yeah, so I I mean, a lot of people are like, especially when I come back into the States, I sometimes, like, get hassled at immigration uh, about it. But, I mean, it's always it's always worth it to have because the footage is just incredible. And I think, um, I mean, they're really fun to fly to. Um, it's, I still get a little uh, anxious, a little nervous every time I put it up in the air that I'm not going to see a power line or something. Oh, yeah. Um, and I, I have crashed them before. <laughs> it sucks. But... Uh, it's great. I mean, yeah, I, it adds a whole new level to, to filmmaking.
1: Yeah, I I work in like land development and real estate and we've been, I tried to get drones at my old company and they eventually did, but they're just so, they're so useful for marketing, for still photos mm-hmm. of sites pre and post. And we actually have started using them in survey to actually use ground lidar and las to actually get tree cover building. So, I've been work I I haven't done it yet, but I want to get my drone license so I can fly it commercially and actually use the big boys like either nice. a fixed wing UAV or I mean the the rotos are still pretty fun.
2: Yeah, yeah, they have it they have like a ton of practical implications. So. Oh my god, yeah. So, it's really cool what you can do with them. And I mean, like you have the spark So you know that they can be pretty small too.
0: Yeah, yeah. And I'm planning on taking it into Peru and I was reading up on that. I could run into some trouble there.
2: Yeah, yeah. um, There's a couple of great websites that have overviews of the laws in pretty much every country. Um, They're not perfect, but in general, the websites are pretty damn good. So definitely check.
1: Yeah, and it all depends on how up to date some of them are because i think like when i was looking at peru's website through customs they updated it like last year where you could bring drones in but there's either a fine or you have to spend a little bit of time but before you had to apply for a permit and you wouldn't get that permit for 10 days and you had to do it in person so yeah. if you're there for a week, you're not bringing a drone.
2: <laughs> right. Yeah, they make it difficult. Yeah. And then some, some countries like literally don't have drone laws at all. Yeah. Like it's a- just, there's no drone there's no drone laws. So I think Portugal was like that actually when I was there. Um, oh, they don't yeah. like laws at all. I think that every drug is legal in that country as well. Yeah, I think, um, I think actually somebody else said that exact same thing to me. They're like, yeah, they just don't. It's not really like a very like, legislative <laughs> place, but – um, it's, uh, yeah, it's always nice when you get a country because I mean, some places have really strict laws or like, you can only fly between certain times. Damn it. Anyway. Yeah. You can't
1: fly over people. You can't fly over right. a certain height. You can only right. fly uh, 10 feet off the ground. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I mean, like a lot
2: of those laws are like for good reason, of course, but um just trying to keep track of what's what and where you are. can be difficult.
0: Well, yeah. For like for Machu Picchu, for example, you're not allowed to have a drone there at all. And I get it. You know, if yeah. you were there'd be a thousand drones in the air and it would just ruin the experience completely. And I would much rather comply with that rule than, than them not have it at all and have a ton of drones in the air, just ruining the, ruining the atmosphere.
2: Yeah, I think especially as people who travel to produce content um, in particular, I, I think they have a lot of responsibility to not, not try to overextend uh, them, their filmmaking um, t- to not disregard the rules or ruin anybody else's experience in order to quote unquote get the shot. Um, I think a lot of people do that and it's not cool. So yeah. uh, I certainly am like a big advocate for people who, you know, do travel and make content to do it in like the most respectful way possible because um, I mean, first of all, gives me a bad rep if a lot of people are out there doing that. Um, but second of all, you can hurt yourself or hurt other people, um, or just ruin it for everyone else. So they outlaw drones or like, I mean, there are places that you can't even take photos. I mean, it's not going to be like a Machu Picchu type place, but right. I mean,
0: no. Yeah. And, th- and that seems like, it seems inad- inevitable, unfortunately, that there's always going to be people that end up ruining it and you just have to hope that. you have to hope people are a little more courteous yeah but it's that's putting a lot into uh into people (laughs) but you gotta
2: gotta hope there's always hope (laughs) yep yeah definitely gotta hope yeah people are intrinsically good so you gotta believe that too yeah
0: well uh, before we wrap this up ian uh do you want to just give everybody a an opportunity to to find you on social media, your, your websites. And do you want to share that with everybody?
2: Sure. Yeah. So <clears throat> I'm on Instagram at, uh, at a adventures. Uh, you can just look me up by my name, Ian a I'm like, I think the only Ian a in the world as far as last time I checked. So <laughs> uh, lucky that i that lucky to have a unique name. Um, you can find me the same way on YouTube, Ian a and, uh, yeah, my production company's website is captureunlimited.com.
0: Yeah, I highly recommend it, especially your Instagram. It's one of my favorite pages. Your Some of your pictures are just so unique, and they're inspiring. I mean, seeing that picture of you laying in the bed, <laughs> if that doesn't get people interested in looking into how to benefit from travel miles, I don't know what will.
2: Oh, yeah. yeah, thanks, man. I'm pretty sure that ticket cost me like $5, too. So that's pretty oh <laughs> pretty God. much as good as it gets. Yeah. Oh, that. Man. That's unbelievable, yeah,
0: well, thank you so much. You gave a lot of good information on on airline uh
2: flights and things like that, so
0: yeah, really appreciate you taking the time to come on
2: absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. I look forward to seeing it come out and listening to some of the other ones. Thank you, man. Take care, guys,
0: okay, and that is our show for today i I thought that was incredible, and I'm sort of regretting not looking into it further because of all the travel that I've already done. I feel as though I sort of missed out on not having those credit cards this entire time and not getting all those points. When when you get around to looking at Ian's Instagram, I think you're going to be blown away by the pictures he has on there and some of the, I, I guess you can call them seats, but in some cases they're beds. <laughs> so I, it's amazing. And 14 credit cards kind of sounds like a lot. What do you think, Elliot?
1: I don't know. I don't know if I can manage that much. That's That already stresses me out like having to keep track of all of those credit card due dates but i do regret not using like airline miles to purchase all the stuff i got for my house like two years ago and it just seems like there's so much money i've spent that i could have been working towards these airline miles but we'll see maybe i'll we'll th- i'm definitely gonna look into it though i
0: think i'm gonna get one i think i'm gonna get one i may look into the chase sapphire try and- it out yeah, try it out. Go from there. Maybe start putting my groceries on there and um, gas and things like that and yeah. see what happens and see yeah. if I can accrue some miles.
1: Yeah. Well, and It seems like the, I forget which card it was, but being able to use those to get points on buying gift cards at office supply stores, that would be perfect for Christmas coming up. Right. You right. Get you need all to just, those points.
0: Right. You just need to make sure that you're going to hit that minimum in that first few month period whatever it is for that credit card because I know that if you don't hit that minimum in that time frame you lose out on that bonus and then once you lose out on that bonus and you have that card you can't reapply for that card to try to get it again so it's very important to make sure that you're going to hit that bonus before you you register for
1: that card yeah very very good information but don't forget to reach out to us with any questions and leave your comments and rate us on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. Um, check us out on Instagram at The Traveler's Blueprint. We're on Facebook, and please check out our Patreon page.
0: Oh, yes. Uh, one more thing. We I just started a the Traveler's Blueprint community group on Facebook. I think I, I want to evolve this into something where – all our followers we can all come together we can discuss uh travel ideas you guys can talk to us about the podcast we can maybe get new topics or if you guys want to recommend people that we can have on the show we can do it there i want to create an intimate facebook group where where we can all reach out to each other and and learn from each other so please check it out join the group we can talk to you there and we're looking forward to growing that
1: once again thank you for being uh wonderful dedicated listeners and we'll